Hi, I'm Cole Price with Price Ranch in Navasota, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We have got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we have a new Waters of the U.S. rule. The Environmental Protection Agency released a new rule on Friday, which overrides the Trump-era Navigable Waters Protection Act. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As we look back at the Texas High Plains agriculture experience of 2022, happy notes are in short supply. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Straight ahead, the January forecast for Texas from the National Weather Service after a very cold late December across the state. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in East Texas reporting for 2023. Well, I tell you, we've got meetings coming early in January that are most important for everybody producing anything from tomatoes to calves to market. It's all very important. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We now have yet another Waters of the U.S. rule. The Environmental Protection Agency released the new rule Friday. EPA says the rule is based on the pre-2015 definition. Now, this new rule does contain several agricultural exemptions, such as prior converted cropland, ditches, farm ponds, gullies, and small washes. But it isn't being welcomed with open arms. Several agricultural groups issued statements Friday opposing the new rule. The Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association says the new WOTUS rule will create confusion and uncertainty for Texas cattle raisers. The National Association of Wheat Growers is concerned about the rush to get the rule done by the end of the year instead of waiting for the Supreme Court to rule on a case that involves WOTUS. The American Farm Bureau Federation appreciates the agricultural exemptions in the new rule, but says overall it's still unworkable for American farm families. This new WOTUS rule replaces the Trump-era Navigable Waters Protection Act. It is expected to take effect around March 1st. One of the first big reports in this new year is the upcoming Cattle Inventory Report. Dr. Daryl Peel, livestock marketing economist at Oklahoma State, says the massive destocking of cow herds this year due to drought 
should make the overall cattle herd shrink by around 3%. As I look at the numbers, we continue to monitor cow slaughter and heifer slaughter. That's been the big story this year. You know, we've only got about two to three more weeks of data for 2022 to come in yet, and that's not going to change things very much. So it's pretty clear that total female slaughter in 2022 was over 51% of all of the cattle that we slaughtered, and we've not been over 50% since 1986. So clearly we have pulled the cow herd down. We've pulled heifer numbers down, which limits our ability to regrow that herd uh, should we get the opportunity to do that. I think it's an absolute minimum that the beef cow herd dropped two and a half percent. I really think it'll probably be three percent or perhaps even a little bit over three percent for a year over year decrease in that beef cow herd. And that should continue to support cattle prices well into 2023. All of that to say that, you know, we've got higher prices. We're ending 2022 on a strong note with feeder cattle, fed cattle prices. Box beef in the last few days has really taken a jump, too. And I think all of that's going to continue into 2023. So producers will have, from a revenue standpoint, certainly more opportunities. Dr. Daryl Peel with Oklahoma State. Looking back at Texas agriculture in 2022, there isn't really much to be happy about. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. There's no question that 2022 was a difficult year for our area's ag producers. As was true for farmers and cattle raisers everywhere, our local producers had to contend with markets that were unsettled quite often by the lingering effects of the global pandemic and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And although prices did wind up higher for most commodities, hopes for making money took a major hit from what local Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez calls the double whammy of higher input cost and a devastating lack of rain. We had a lot of failed acreage and a lot of different crops because of the drought. And it's really hard to face whenever you spend money on higher inputs to get the crop out of the ground because insurance surely you know, does take into account prices of your outputs, but it doesn't necessarily hedge for the inputs that you added to try and get that crop to come up. Dr. Benavidez says overall, 2022 was quite a struggle. To what extent the average producer made a profit, I can't necessarily speak to. I think a lot of it probably depended on how well they caught timely precipitation where it ever happened. The drought had as much impact as input prices did because it was a double whammy. Like I said, we had folks that were spending money on high inputs, high cost inputs, and then unfortunately because of the lack of rainfall, we had a really hard time with yields. Comparing the past two years, Dr. Benavidez says he was much more confident that producers made money in 2021 than he is about how things turned out in 2022. But hey, we're in a new year now. Tomorrow, Dr. Benavidez talks about prospects for 2023. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We ended 2022 with a massive Arctic cold snap, followed by a fast warm-up. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at the weather forecast heading into the first month of 2023. My guest today from Fort Worth is Tom Bradshaw. He is meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service. And Tom, before we look ahead to January, certainly uh, the latter part of December around the Christmas uh, weekend uh, was very, very cold in the state of Texas. We definitely had a, a real cold snap during the last couple of weeks, particularly the week before Christmas, right around 23rd, 24th, that time period of front came down out of the uh, northern part of the U.S., 
on the Arctic, dove southward all the way through the state of Texas, all the way into the Gulf and in northern Mexico. We had low temperatures all the way below zero up in the panhandle and, and single digits and teens across a good part of the northern and central part of the state and even down around freezing, even down in the valley. So it was definitely a, a markedly cold uh, event and uh, certainly put everyone in the Christmas spirit. Now January is here and certainly uh, the first full month of winter. What do the temperatures look like and uh, possibility for precipitation? Well, we're still in a La Nina pattern, which generally indicates to us that we're going to have relatively warm and relatively dry conditions across the southern part of the U.S., and specifically the state of Texas. And that's really what we're predicting again as we go through the rest of the month here. Things were relatively dry across Texas back in December as well, and we'll see a continuation of that into January. We'll certainly see some cold fronts punching southward across the state during the month of January. We'll have some cold snaps, but if you average all the temperatures up together, we'll probably wind up being at normal or a little bit above normal over most of the state during the month of January. And again, that's that's due to the La Nina pattern that is just sitting stagnant over the Pacific Ocean in the southern part of the U.S. That is Tom Bradshaw. He is meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It is farm meeting season in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In East Texas, this time of the year, cattle producers are really getting busy checking winter calving. We have, still have a lot of them. Most folks try to get them on in to the month of March and April for their spring calves, but we still have some that come. Now, these Brahma Cross cattle don't really need to be calving in this season of the year, but we do have some that still happen to come along like that. So it's a problem for us in the cattle industry to make sure they are protected well. Another thing I visited with producers early on, and they are already feeding cubes, have been for some time now, and we're trying to stay off those winter pastures, but it sure is tempting. Now, if you plowed your ground, planted your seed, got your grass growing real good, just stay off of it because you're going to tramp down more than you're going to get out in the belly of that cow. So keep them off that grass yet for a little bit more till it dries out a bit. In early 2023, as a matter of fact, January 13, Tyler, Texas, at the Cross Brand Cowboy Church, a big meeting will be held on for your continuing education units to maintain your pesticide license. This is always a big one. A lot of people come. It'll be in Tyler the 13th. The 27th, there will be one in Hallsville, Texas, at Gold Hall. And then we have the uh, gardening, nuts, and fruits and vegetable conference that comes up in January. And it's all important for you as a producer to know exactly what's going on. Attend these meetings. You need to check with your local county agriculture extension agent for more information and exact times and if there is a fee or not for these meetings. That's very important. This is James Duncan reporting from Marshall for Texas Ag Today. USDA's APHIS is studying COVID-19 in white-tailed deer and elk. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the U.S. pork industry is working hard to keep African swine fever out of the U.S. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. 
We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The U.S. pork industry is making a massive effort to keep African swine fever out of the United States. Dr. Bob Judd shares some tips to keep it away from your farm. The Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, or APHIS, has published seven management methods to help protect your pigs from African swine fever. APHIS is a part of the United States Department of Agriculture, and they indicate the first thing to do is limit on-farm traffic. And this is important regardless of the number of pigs you have and even the disease involved. Many swine diseases are very contagious, and limiting outside exposure is important in preventing exposure to numerous diseases. The second recommendation is to wear clean clothes and shoes on your property and have a set of clothes you wear only in the livestock area. Do not wear the same clothes and shoes that you just wore to the feed store around your livestock. I know this seems like a lot of trouble, but it could save your farm from serious health issues. Next, don't allow anyone on your property that has traveled internationally in the last five days, as African swine fever could be carried on shoes or clothes and enter the United States. Another tip is to wash all vehicles entering or leaving your property. Again, I know this is difficult, but vehicles going from farm to farm can transmit disease. And make sure your pigs cannot be exposed to wild pigs as they carry diseases that will infect your pigs. Keep rodents and wildlife away from your pigs' feed and do not feed garbage as disease can spread in this manner. Lastly, don't eat near your animals as it is possible the virus that causes African swine fever could be present in human pork products. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. USDA is studying COVID-19 in whitetail deer. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, or APHIS, is working to develop rapid tests to detect SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, in both wild and domestic animals. Mike Watson, APHIS Associate Administrator, told USDA's Rod Bain that APHIS is now using previously unavailable technologies to develop those tests. He said a rapid test will improve response times for wildlife and animal health agencies and hopefully help curb the spread of COVID in wild and domestic animals. In terms of other projects, APHIS Wildlife Services and ARS are also collaborating on studies to determine how long the SARS-CoV-2 virus can remain in deer and whether white-tailed deer can serve as a reservoir for species. Can the virus live for a long time within the deer? And if so, what does that mean? Can the deer spread from deer to deer? Does the virus mutate in deer? We've heard a lot about the different variants of SARS-CoV-2 in humans. We want to know if that same thing happens in wild animals as well. 
Similar studies on the COVID virus are also being conducted on elk. Another thing that's really important in terms of this work is we have funded a project with ARS where they're developing a model, and this model is going to help researchers better predict which animal species may act as hosts or reservoirs. Research is also underway to determine if COVID variants can develop in wild animals and ultimately spread to humans. Again, today's comments are from Mike Watson. He is the Associate Administrator for USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service. The research he mentioned is being done by APHIS and USDA's Agriculture Research Service, or ARS. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We did not have any market trade on Monday for the New Year's holiday, so we'll take a look back at how the markets wrapped up on Friday. That's coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. No trading in the agricultural markets on Monday because of the New Year's holiday. So here's a look back at how things wrapped up on Friday. On the final trading day of 2022, the cattle market ended lower. February live cattle down 95 cents, 157.90. April down 65 at 161.80, while June live cattle were down 32 cents, 157.82. Same story on the feeder cattle. January feeders down 10 cents, 183.70. March feeders down 55 at 186.22, while April was down 52 at 189.62. Cash-fed cattle market managed to move a buck higher. Feeders got another dollar out of the packers last week on fed cattle here in the south. We sold fed cattle at 157, another dollar higher compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices closed higher on Friday. Choice was up another 312 to 281.98, while select was up 23 cents, 250.93. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry is my guest today. Jody, you've been off for a week or two. What have you been doing with your time? Oh, I had plenty of time with the family. I uh, had, had all about the Christmas gatherings that I can stand for yeah. for one week. But it, it's fun. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I just kind of want to get out back out to the place and, and see some sunshine and, and ride around on the side by side when it's all said and done. Right. Now, are you going to take your wife dancing on New Year's Eve? I'm sure thinking about it. I got to get her to commit to it, but that's what the plans is. The weather's supposed to be nice. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll have sheep and goats coming in already this weekend. So yeah. Yeah. look for a pretty good sale. The, the first sale back, uh, weather permitting, that week-long forecast looks pretty nice. Good. And then we'll <clears throat> sell cattle on Thursday. Uh, how do you think, uh, we, we know sheep and goats, if the numbers are right and the buyers are there, we're going to we're gonna get uh, good sales, and we've had good sales nationwide up until the, the break. Uh, what's the cattle sale going to be like when we come back Thursday? 
I think the market will be good. Uh, usually that first week back, we're a little bit light on numbers. People kind of feeling out the market. Uh, that second and third week back should be the big run for everybody. Uh, the way the uh, holidays failed, you know, there's a lot of sales on Monday that are still not having a sale, and some of them are not on Tuesday. But we'll get going next Thursday and uh, and see how things turn out. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you at Producers and Cargyle for Sheep and Goats, Tuesday, Cattle Thursday, Jody Fry. You bet. We'll all be back there at the office on uh, Monday, January the 2nd, 325-653-3371. My mobile phone would be 325-234-7895. And y'all will be accepting sheep and goats this weekend? Yes, sir. 24-7. There's a a look on the website. There's a mobile number to contact. Any questions, call any of us. Uh, We're all around. And like I said, there'll be plenty coming in uh, over the weekend. And Happy New Year if we don't talk to you before then, Larry. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs were lower on Friday. February hogs down 97 cents at 87.70. April lean hogs down 40, 95.30. Class 3 milk was lower. January milk down 19 cents, 19.54 a hundredweight. The cotton market closed the year on an uptick. A weaker U.S. dollar, stronger grain markets, and a neutral export sales report Friday morning all helped to move prices higher. March cotton up 73 points, closing at 83.37, the May up 72, 83.45, while new crop December cotton was up 64 to close at 80.88 cents. The corn market was slightly lower in Friday's trade. March corn down a penny, 6.78 and a half. New crop September corn down two and three quarters, 6.27. Nice double-digit gains in the wheat markets on Friday. Both hard and soft wheat moved higher. It looks like the commodity funds were covering their short positions to wrap up 2022, and that helped to move the market higher. March Kansas City wheat up 21 and a half, 8.88 a bushel. New crop July wheat up 21 at 8.76. In the soft wheat market, March Chicago wheat up 18 cents, 7.92. New crop July up 17 and three quarters, 8.03 a bushel. In the energy markets, February natural gas down eight cents Friday, 4.47. February crude oil up a dollar 86 at 80.26 a barrel. The financial market slightly lower, with the Dow down 73 points, 33,147. The Nasdaq down 11, 10,466. The S&P down 9 at 3,839. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.